If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to share us and subscribe so you don't miss our next show. We'd love to talk with you again. Good evening, everyone. I hope your holidays were great and you're preparing to ring in a new year. I haven't seen anyone claiming 2024 is going to be their year yet, so y'all are learning. Just a short show. Honestly, I'm running on fumes right now, but these two news items are on my radar. So let's get a show in the can so I can pour myself an adult beverage and wish you all a happy new year. I recall last show when talking about Nikki Haley's rise in the polling and her momentum will likely increase barring any missteps or bad press. That was a warning, Nikki, not a dare. Regardless, she did just that, botching an easy putt on a question Wednesday. When asked about what she thought the cause of the Civil War was, Haley said, quote, basically about how the government is run, the freedoms, and what people could and couldn't do. She added, and I will always stand by the fact that, I think, government was intended to secure the rights and freedoms of the people. And? Nothing more you would like to add, candidate for President Haley? No? I mean, technically she's correct. I see people get torched when they say something like states' rights to this question, but again, while that is functionally correct, what were the rights they were trying to defend? Yeah, the right to deny rights to other people and continue to use, abuse, profit from, and even kill them. This is not a simple question for an intro to government class. It is soaked with tears and blood, and the scars of the conflict and the insidious institution it was prosecuted to end are still with us and affect modern life. That answer was possibly the worst one she could have given. The fact that she's the former governor of South Carolina, the very state where the first shots of the Civil War echoed out in 1861, make it even more surprising she would fail such a simple test. She actually ordered the Confederate flag to be removed from the state capitol in 2015, so she must understand the weight of this historical conflict. When called on this by an audience member who said that it was astounding to me that you answered that question without mentioning the word slavery, Haley simply retorted, what do you want me to say about slavery? Uh, how about you mention it, like, at all? How the hell could you so stunningly screw up a softball question like this? Of course, the response was swift and understandable. Many went on to social media to weigh in on her gaffe, including the NAACP, who tweeted, Nikki Haley's comments perpetuate a dangerous narrative. Her competitors in the Republican Party seized on the opening to attack her as well. Chris Christie said, quote, She's smart and she knows better, but for the purposes of this race, the reason she did it is just as bad, if not worse, and should make everyone concerned about her candidacy. She did it because she's unwilling to defend anyone by telling the truth. The DeSantis campaign posted the video and posted several denunciations of it, that hits a bit different coming from a guy whose state's Board of Education approved black history standards that included teaching, quote, how slaves develop skills which in some instances could be applied for their personal benefit. Former Democratic state representative from Orlando and current state Senate candidate Carlos Guillermo Smith correctly suggested to DeSantis, quote, maybe you should set this one out. <laughs> it's not just that she avoided an easy mistake. She wasted a perfect opportunity. She is running for the Republican nomination. The Republican Party was founded just a few years before the Civil War as a one-issue party. That issue? The abolition of slavery. How about that? Guess which party was really okay with slavery back then? That's right, the Democrats. It would have been really easy to say slavery, 
then spin into an indictment of the Democrats then, who overtly use black people, and the Democrats now, who still use them, but have the common courtesy of pretending they're advocates. If that bothers you to hear, well, I'm sorry. But the evidence of the Democratic Party's sense of entitlement vis-a-vis -vis the votes of anyone of color is legion. Ignore it if it makes you feel better. We got more questions. We got more questions, but I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. Did Haley do that? Nope, she royally botched it. Don't confuse that as an endorsement of the Republicans. It isn't. They are still a one-issue party, but that issue is now themselves and their rich supporters. The Republicans care less about the color of your skin than they do the content of your wallet. They hate poor people equally. Haley tried to do damage control Thursday on a radio show saying about the controversy, quote, Of course the Civil War was about slavery, she added. We know that. That's the easy part of it. In a Politico interview, she accused the person of being a Democratic operative, saying it was definitely a Democrat plant. That's why I said, what does it mean to you? And if you notice, he didn't answer anything. The same reason he didn't tell the reporters what his name was. Hosts on Fox and Friends floated the same narrative that this was a planned gotcha moment. No. No. Nikki, that's not how that works. Let's just accept the idea that the person was a plant. So what? That was not a hard question. It's a bit out of left field, but it is not in any way a unique or difficult question to answer. If they gotcha, that's entirely your fault. You chose your words, and your words were ridiculous. As to why they wouldn't give their name, why does that matter? They're not running for the highest office in the land, arguably the second most powerful person in the world after Taylor Swift. You are. You're in the spotlight. You are interviewing for the job. As I've said an increasing number of times, when you speak into a microphone, ma'am, do better. And now to the Trump tracker. Maine has joined Colorado in denying Donald Trump ballot access in the primaries. Unlike Colorado, however, it was the Secretary of State for Maine, Shanna Bellows, who made this determination, not a court, and she did it unilaterally. It's quite a different situation. Other states have ruled that their secretaries of state do not have such authority and relied on the courts to rule on this, but each state is different. Perhaps Bellows does have that power in Maine. Her decision was in response to three separate challenges to Trump's nomination petition by individual voters. One alleged that Mr. Trump violated his oath of office because he engaged in an insurrection or rebellion against the United States or has given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof. In the second challenge, the individual argued that because Mr. Trump has expressly stated that he won the 2020 election, he is barred from office under the 22nd Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, which sets a two-term limit on precedence. That's a clever one. In the third challenge, two voters collectively contend that Mr. Trump is barred from office because he engaged in insurrection as defined by Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. The second challenge was not agreed to, as Ms. Bellows rules, there appears to be no dispute between any of the parties that President Biden prevailed over Mr. Trump. Therefore, given Mr. Trump has only won a single election for president, he is not barred from being elected to the same office again under the 22nd Amendment. Ooh, darn. <laughs> the others, though, resulted in the Secretary of State determining Trump was ineligible. The conclusion of her ruling reads, quote, I am mindful that no Secretary of State has ever deprived a presidential candidate of ballot access based on Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. I am also mindful, however, that no presidential candidate has ever before engaged in insurrection. The oath I swore to uphold the Constitution comes first above all. 
in my duty under Maine's election laws when presented with a Section 336 challenge is to ensure that candidates who appear on the primary ballot are qualified for the office they seek. This decision is currently suspended until the Superior Court rules on any appeals. The document is dated December 28th, and Trump has five days to appeal it. The Colorado Republican Party appealed that state's decision Wednesday. This pauses the court's ruling until January 4th or until the U.S. Supreme Court makes its ruling. Trump intends to appeal the Colorado decision to the Supreme Court. Effectively, this means Trump will be back on the ballot unless the U.S. Supreme Court declines the appeal or it takes the appeal and rules in favor of the lower court's decision before the 4th. The ballots go to the printer on the 5th. In Colorado, the justices that ruled on Trump's removal from the ballot are increasingly targets of violent comments on social media and pro-Trump message boards, with one person posting, quote, All fucking robed rats must fucking hang. Nice. Stay classy, y'all. People are trying to dox the judges to obtain their personal information. There is not yet any evidence of a concerted plot to do anything, but it only takes one whack job to cause a tragedy, and the MAGA army has no shortage of interesting characters in its ranks. In other states, California Secretary of State Dr. Shirley Weber declined to do the same in her state, certifying the ballot there. The Wisconsin Elections Commission threw out a request from the owner of a brewing company to remove Trump from that state's ballot. Minnesota's state Supreme Court dismissed a similar challenge last month. A Michigan appeals court had previously ruled that their Secretary of State does not have the legal authority to remove a candidate from the ballot but that was appealed by a liberal-leaning nonprofit free speech for people to the state Supreme Court. The higher court rejected that appeal. Florida, New Hampshire, and Rhode Island have also dismissed similar suits. As of this show, there are ballot challenges pending in 14 states. They are Arizona, Alaska, Nevada, New Jersey, New Mexico, New York, Oregon, South Carolina, Texas, Vermont, Virginia, West Virginia, Wisconsin, and Wyoming. A little-known Republican presidential candidate, Texas Attorney John Castro, has filed many of them. His challenge in West Virginia was dismissed, but Castro has appealed. His challenges in New Hampshire and Rhode Island were also dismissed. This whole effort is specious and ill-calculated. It's incorrect on its face. If the whole basis of the effort is Trump incited an insurrection, you have to find him guilty in a court of law. Whether the conclusions of the Colorado court meet that test is up to legal scholars. Now, personally, yes, I do believe that the events of January 6, 2021 qualify as an attempted insurrection, albeit a very ineffective one. But I'm not a judge, so my rulings carry no weight here. The Senate was unable to secure enough votes to say definitively he was guilty during his second impeachment proceedings. Uh, that hurts the legal argument, but that was a bunch of politicians voting along party lines, so put that in the proper context. At the end of the day, these efforts to keep Donald Trump off the ballot will fail, so why expend the money, the time, the effort, and most importantly, the political capital to back a shaky losing cause? It's not defeatism that underpins this question. It's the inability of these folks to figure out a simple truth. The Democrats and other Trump opponents at best see themselves as champions of democracy while disenfranchising millions of voters in the name of it at worst, seek to tip the scales in their favor using the courts instead of the voting booths. That should give them great pause, as Trump campaign spokesperson Stephen Chung is already angling towards, stating, quote, We are witnessing in real time the attempted theft of an election and the disenfranchisement of the American voter. 
As I pointed out many times, Trump is a perfect storm of hijacked populism. If he wins, it's the will of the people. If he loses, he, and by suggestion the American people, were cheated. Trying to lock him out is not the way to beat him. You have to let him play, and you have to beat him straight up out in the open. Even Gavin Newsom, the Democratic governor of California, agrees, saying last week, quote, There is no doubt that Donald Trump is a threat to our liberties and even to our democracy. But in California, we defeat candidates at the polls. Everything else is a political distraction. I never thought that I would agree with him, but on this, he's correct. A professional wrestler from the golden age of that vocation, Ric Flair, often shouted a catchphrase, To be the man, you gotta beat the man. Like it or not, Donald Trump has demonstrated through his short but impactful and paradigm-changing political career that he is the man. From the complete destruction of his rivals in the 2016 primaries, leading to denying Hillary Clinton the destiny she so richly thought she deserved, to upending Republican dogma and anointing an entire new class of Trump acolytes to the cult of MAGA, and to, yes, inciting an insurrection. He is the man. The fact that he is crushing his GOP rivals in the primaries and Joe Biden in the polls now, while refusing to even debate them, is more proof. They admit he sucks the oxygen out of the room even in absentia. Why? Because he's the man. That's why. You don't beat the man by locking him out of the arena. You let him in the venue. You let him climb in the ring. And you pin him. One, two, three. That's how you become the man. How's that go, Rick? Because he's a man in the greatest sport in the world. You gotta beat the man to be the man. <laughs> You've got to beat the man. To be the man, you gotta beat the man. To be the man, you gotta beat the man. To be the man, you've got to beat the man. To be the man, <laughs> you gotta beat the man, baby. And right now, I am the man. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, please take the time to leave a comment here and on Podchaser. It helps us know how we're doing and what topics you'd like to hear in the future. Have a great day.